Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I am Josh. I am Jimmy. And we are excited to have Chris Hewitts today. Chris, thanks for being on. Man, appreciate you guys including me. And Chris is an author, speaker, he's an Enneagram coach, nonprofit consultant, and an anti-human trafficking advocate. And flies on like 3,000 flights a year. <laughs> yeah. He basically doesn't touch the ground. <laughs> he just stays in For the more, air. Yeah, he stays in the air. His latest book, Chris's latest book, is The Sacred Enneagram. First of all, just kind of tell us, give us a brief, in the audience, a brief overview of the Enneagram. Sure. So the, the Enneagram is... um it has this really interesting mythology, sort of this contested history where, you know, it could be as young as, as, as 1,500, 1,800 years old or, or perhaps older than 6,000 years. R regardless, um, it's really been the last, let's say, 60 or 70 years that it's come forward in, in the West. And it's come forward, unfortunately, sort of reduced down to sort of a, a personality profile system. My sense, though is that if you really dig into this and if you want to get a little wonky and nerdy, the Enneagram helps us come to terms with our ego set of coping addictions that we've wrapped up around a childhood wound so that we don't have to tell ourselves the truth about who we really are. And so fundamentally, the Enneagram shows us nine ways of being. And I think actually it's less about nine kinds of people and it's really more about nine paths back to God. And so it's it's a it's a compassionate sketch of possibilities. It's a it's a sacred map of our souls. It's so you're kind of getting to my next question. So your book obviously builds upon, or maybe even tries to go back to the foundational understanding of the enneagram. Yeah. So actually, so so in the book, I I, I do give a little bit of a a little bit of I narrate some of the history, some of the contested, conflicted history because it's super interesting. And you know this. Um, in uh, George Orwell's book, 1984, he says, whoever controls the present controls the past. Whoever controls the past controls the future. And I, and I don't think that if we're really not being, if we're not locating what we're working with in its historical context, we don't know the possibilities of where it can take us. So yeah, I give a, I give a little bit of history on this. Now, I would say that a lot of people who, who you know, have heard of an Enneagram, you know, the nine descriptions and that sort of thing. I think for a lot of people, they're going to be thinking to themselves, oh, this is the Myers-Briggs. This is just another Myers-Briggs that's going to tell me how to get along better with people at the office. Yeah. Exactly. Practically, how is how are we talking about two different things? Sure. So I, so that's a great question. And and actually, I, I like to try to differentiate the difference of these these tools that we perceive to be similar. The thing is, is they they, they only sort of show us a fragment of our whole. And the problem is, is when we allow a fragment to lay claim to the whole of who we are, we lose part of ourselves. So I, my sense is, is the Enneagram sort of shows you the kind of house that your, your soul is born into. So some of us are born into a super hip urban condo. Some of us are born into a, a one-story ranch. 
let's say that in the house you're born into are 16 rooms. And I think you could sort of look at those 16 rooms as the 16 temperaments that the Myers-Briggs would show you. But let's say there's 10 floors on this, on this condo and there's 16 rooms on each floor. If you want to take it even further, you could just sort of say the same corner suite on 10 different floors is decorated differently. And, and how you decorate it might be your strengths finders. So these are all sort of showing us something that's a little bit different about ourselves. But my sense is, is your strengths finders show you your innate talent themes. The, the Myers-Briggs show you sort of how your temperament is, is organized, but your Enneagram type is really your, your essence. It's, it's, it's your unencumbered true self. And it's really getting back to the core of the purpose that, that you were born and, and the gifts that you were born to bring forward. Tell us about your, um, now you have a website, sacredenneagram.org. Tell us about that side. And I guess the next kind of question would be kind of how do they access the Enneagram? and then learn more about it. Sure. So on the sacredenneagram.org site, there's a, a list of, of workshops. And, and, and through the nonprofit that, that my wife and I run, we, we host, um, host one-day workshops on, on, on using your Enneagram type as a way of, of, of nurturing and nourishing your own inner work. How do you pray with what you learn about yourself um, when, you're, when your type comes forward? The... Um, but you know, before you would you would do any any sort of workshop or any advanced training in the Enneagram, you'd you'd want to know what your type is. And and so there's plenty of great books out there. There's plenty of great online tests out there. There's plenty of folks who've been trained in typing processes out there that, that can help you come to sort of terms with where where do you land on this circle? Where is your character structure located um, among these these nine these nine profiles there? And I think for all of us, we know this. If, if we can't self-observe, we can't self-correct. And so one of the first steps as we are introduced to Enneagram is, is just the, the invitation of truth-telling, learning to see ourselves for who we are without defenses, uh, without trying to dress it up, and, and receiving the gift of that and, and, and not resisting it, but making peace with it. And I think for folks who want to get started, it's, it's simply that easy. You know, Find out what your type is. Um, let that be a, a mirror that, that you look into, um, but don't let it stop there. And I think that's the real lament of, of a lot of what's sort of happening in the modern space with the Enneagram is, is we just want to use this for self-observation. And, and all that does is fuels our, our narcissism. So where do you go with it? And I think that's what we're trying to do here with the Sacred Enneagram Workshops. And that's really specifically what I'm trying to do with the book. Why do you think people run away? You know, you've described the Enneagram as, as a person's essence, their unencumbered self. Why do you think people run away from that? Well, I, I think, um, so, so I think there's two things that happen. I think, first of all, we're, we're disconnected from it. And, and I think most of our life, most of our addictions, our compulsions, most of our, our activity is the evidence of, of that thirst to reconnect with our being. Um, but we don't know how to get home. We don't know how to reconnect with that essence. And so, so we, we do allow the fragments of ourselves to lay claim to the whole. We do give ourselves over to, to, to activity that makes us look ridiculous. And, um, and these are in, them, in and of themselves innocent coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms, but, but they're still keeping us asleep in the illusions of, of the lies that we want to believe about our own ego mythology. And so I, I really think that for the most part, if we were given the access, if we were given the, the, the keys and the tools to sort of wake up, to sort of reconnect with essence, to tell ourselves the truth about 
about our, our goodness, about our virtue, about our beauty, we would. I, I just think we've, we've become, we've created this muscle memory that, that allows us to be tethered to the fragments. And the fragments become comfortable. They become safe places. They become the base that we, we return to when we, we, we get a little uncentered or off kilter. And, and that doesn't help. That doesn't help any of us. That doesn't help us in our relationships. That doesn't help us with our vocational fidelity. Um, that doesn't help us in, in our own spirituality and how we do our own inner work. If I was 34 years old, I'm a mom, I've got two toddlers running around, and I hear phrases like ego mythology, <laughs> I might just kill over backwards or think that, wow, this is interesting, has nothing whatsoever to do with me. In a really practical sense, this young mom, this young dad, they're out there working, they're trying to live for Jesus as best they can. Give them a real practical, how this really does matter and how it, how it can actually make your life as a young Christian adult, a young a Christian parent, why this is important. Sure. So, so at, at the various phases of life that, that we all sort of cycle, cycle and evolve through, um, our, our tendency is to get stuck, right? Our tendency is to think like Henry Nouwen, right? The, the, the late Dutch Catholic priest used to say, I am what I have, I am what I do, or I am what other people say about me. And so if you're a, a young parent and, and that really consumes 23 and a half hours of your day, you begin to over-identify with that function, that role that you play. Look, it's crucial. It's urgent. In fact, being a good parent is some of the most important work that any people will ever do in their lives. But you also know that, that you're more than just that aspect, that facet of what's very complicated and very dynamic and, and beautiful about all the other layers of, 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 your, of your essence. Um, a young professional who, who's driven, who, who has to get paid, who, who wants the promotions. It's like, those are, are, are great things and ambitions to have. But again, we're, we're more than that. And, and, and I think when we, we allow ourselves to sort of be taken by one of the social roles, the, 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 the familial roles, the, 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 the relational functions that we, we have to, um, we have to give ourselves to, to be successful or, or, or to express fecundity in the worlds that we live in. We also lose part of who we are. So we know this, right? The, the word personality comes from the, the, the root for the word personality comes from the word that means mask. And I think a lot of us believe that we are the masks that we have to wear to get done what needs to be done in the spaces we inhabit. But character, right, comes from the word to engrave in stone. And, and I think what the Enneagram actually allows for us to do is to unfasten the masks that we wear so that we can actually get to the hard work of um, really, really developing the essence of our character so that as a parent, as a young professional, um, as, a, as a partner or a spouse, um, as a friend, um, we can bring the best of who we are into all of those spaces with consistency, with integrity, and, uh, and really with, 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 with all the love that, that should be the, the driving force behind it. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. 
We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see? see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. Tell us, kind of tie one's relationship with, with Jesus into this whole idea of the essence, our unencumbered being, the, the Enneagram. Right. So, so I, I think, um, you know, all of us who come out of a historic Christian faith tradition um, would, would not object to this, this notion that God is love. My sense is when we are, are rooted in, 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 in love, right, when we are present to God's presence in our lives, um, we, we, we know something. We know that in our hearts there is a, an emotional objectivity and in our minds there is a, a mental clarity. And, and I think what the Enneagram shows us is, is that is, is traditionally what's called our holy idea and our virtue. And so you see these, these things show up through, through the New Testament, right? The nine fruits of the Spirit. You see this in the, the nine Beatitudes. Well, when we're, we're disconnected from God, when we don't know that we're loved, when we lose a sense of who we are in relationship to the divine— and we're not present, we have what's, what, what really is played out through our emotional reactivity and our mental, um, our, 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 we, we overthink things, right? And, and that, I think, in the Enneagram is what we're talking about when we look at our, our, our emotional passions and our mental fixations. If you can use your, your Enneagram type less as sort of a, a bundle of quirks about your, 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 your personality and more as, hey, these are nine paths back to God. You actually learn to know how to loosen the grasp that these addictions that keep us from receiving God's love have on us. So in, in the book, in the Sacred Enneagram, I actually offer sort of for each of the nine types, nine paths to God through a contemplative prayer posture and through a prayer intention. And, and there's nine unique combinations of these postures and tensions that actually help us some. Um, Return to love that actually help us sort of heal these these scars of these so-called childhood wounds that have 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 uh, kept us frustrated, have kept us disconnected, have have kept us um, at arm's length from 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 God's love, God's reach towards us. It almost goes without saying, but most things kind of that are kind of go without saying should probably be said. But tie this into a marriage and parenting context. It seems almost a natural fit, this whole idea of Enneagram and returning to love, finding God through our eight characteristics. How might a, a mother apply this, a father or even a husband and wife? Sure. So I, I do frequently caution young parents to try to type their children. Um, you know, a lot of the, 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 the great teachers in the Enneagram out there would say, actually, you probably shouldn't try to even sort of dig around with this stuff until you've hit your late twenties or early thirties until you've sort of hit the boundaries of your own, you know, innate gifts and the, the capacities of your own personality. 
Now, now I might actually disagree with that. I, I think sort of in the evolution of human consciousness, people are coming to terms with who they are at younger ages. That said, though, rather than using the Enneagram to type your kids, if you can come to terms with your own Enneagram type, and if you can look into that as a mirror, as a sacred map of your own soul, that actually gives you some of the, the best tips on how to be the best parent, right? Helps you sort of observe your stressors, your, 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 your fundamental and characteristic temptations. It helps you face your own fears. And I think a lot of parenting is people playing their fears out um, on the vulnerabilities of their own kids by hoping to protect their kids from being afraid of the same ways that we've been afraid of or trying to protect our kids from making the same mistakes that we thought we made. So if you can actually know your type, it actually helps you um, relax into, 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 the, into, the, into the, the, the father and mother that you can be for the kids that, that you, you are, are tasked and, and, and cared for nurturing and protecting. Yeah. In marriage, actually, there's some really great stuff out there um, for how the, re, how the Enneagram helps us navigate and negotiate conflict avoidance, conflict resolution, and, and then how the Enneagram sort of shows us what our type's basic need is in, in relationship with others. And again, if you can, can self-observe those things, if you can watch yourself, you begin to realize, what am I doing towards what end? Why am I, what am I trying to get from my partner? What am I, what am I begging my spouse to meet for me that, that that's already been met. I I've just been disconnected from it. So the conflict avoidance styles and especially in marriage is super, oh, yeah. super practical. And one thing before we get out of here, you're sort of famous for, you know, one aspect of your life. Uh, and if I understand this correctly, you and mother Teresa were like college roommates. What is that? There's a story there. <laughs> oh boy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little crusty and a little old, but, um, I was, <laughs> In university, when I, I first met mother, I um, it was between my, my junior and, and senior year of college. I uh, was doing a, a summer internship and ended up in Calcutta and uh, spent two months volunteering in her house for the dying. And, and it was a, a, a devastating time in my life. In those first two months, I, I attended to 50, 50 men and women, boys and girls who, who, who didn't survive that summer. And it, and it wrecked me. It, it changed everything. And so as soon as I graduated university, I, I moved back to India and started working with kids um, who are, whose families were impacted by the global AIDS pandemic. And, and as you can imagine, for several years, um, ended up burying a lot of little boys and, and little girls that were born HIV positive um, that, that didn't survive. But while I lived in India um, for those years, I would, would make frequent trips um, up to Calcutta. And, um, and I ended up actually having a great, great privilege to spend quite a bit of time with mother. So, you know, probably 12, 15 times sat with her, brought, brought friends to meet her, brought groups that had come to see me, um, to, to the convent where she lived for, for, for reflections and devotions. And, uh, and she was amazing. I mean, always present, um, just so, so marked by love. It was, it was a remarkable and, uh. And you got a sense from that just spending time with her. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the very first time I ever sat down with her, she took my hand, set them in her lap, and for, for 20, 30 minutes just went at me, just asking about my family when I was in India. And it was, I, you know, I, I, uh, it was surreal. It was like I was sitting there trying to figure out what's the great question I can ask mother, like, yes. <laughs> that would stump her, that would make her remember yeah. me, that, like, would be the, 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 the wisdom that nobody's ever mined from that, that deep soul. But, you know, I walked away feeling like, 
that is what it feels like to be sane. That is what mm-hmm. um, the tender hands that 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 nurture and care for the vulnerable feel like when they are powerful and protective. And she, I mean, she was, you know, beautiful woman, like just incredible, just incredible in every way. That is so great. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Guys, if you want more information about not only Chris, but also his book, go to sacredenneagram.org. If you want to follow Chris on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it is simply Chris Hewitts. Chris, thank you so much really for joining it. us today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. You guys behave and take care of your hearts. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, can I say this right up front? Mother Teresa. But hold on. Hold. What do I have to hold? The phone. Was he? He was fantastic. Was he not one of your favorite guests? Oh, I didn't bring that up, did I? No. We have to now call him back and apologize. True. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> See, he would be one to do that with. He would take your hand. Because there's no way he's ever coming to Austin to eat at enchiladas he must. This would have been so safe <laughs> for me to do. Because his biggest business yes. schedule? Now, listen. Can I just say up front that I hate when we talk to really smart people. Because <laughs> you get lost? Oh, I'm sure. Well, and I'm, and I'm sure I can speak with the vast majority of our audience who on a normal everyday in and out think I'm brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to someone like Chris, and yeah, I'm just sort of a rube. Well, you didn't need him telling you that. <laughs> you should have picked up on that long. In before. fact, I was thinking, well, and for example, he's quoting Henry Nowen. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I quote Henry Nowen. After you Google Henry Nowen quotes. I quote him all the time, but I see, <laughs> I just didn't know that he was a Dutch Catholic priest. I was, <laughs> I was thinking he was Somalian the entire time, but he's uh-huh. Dutch. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Okay. I feel so dumb. Yeah. There was, there's been several guests on our show that you leave and it's like, man, I got to. I got to listen to that 10 different times to kind of get every, all the information out of it. Got to get a dictionary. I loved his idea that parents play out their insecurities on their vulnerable children, that we are stuck, he used the word stuck, in whatever childhood or young adulthood, whatever wounds of our past that we can so, if we don't work through those wounds, wounds, we can get stuck there. They create then insecurities that then we model or, or, or mold our parenting around. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting idea. It was. And he talk, He didn't really get into all eight of, excuse me, all nine of the, by the way, you said eight. Did I say eight? You said eight. Ah. I didn't correct you. But they didn't talk about, because you really qualify for the, the 10th description, which is being a dipstick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and all that that entails about connecting you to your spiritual core. I'm trying to have a serious moment here, Jimbo. But he was great. Really, really good. A book that I think, again, don't let it scare you. Uh, that, you know, it, well, it may be over your head. I think it's very practical. Uh, and I think it could be very, very useful in our walk. Yep. Especially when it described, if, if you don't necessarily, if you're not connected, if you're disconnected from mm-hmm. your essence, we can really lose, he said, we lose our relationship with the divine. So if you do, if you're a person that really kind of just feels stuck spiritually, that it might be, you know, wrapped up in this this shame of self and these wounds of the past that the Enneagram can certainly, the 17 different characteristics of mm-hmm. the Enneagram. Yeah, it's good. Guys, and there's uh, going to be a day that you're going to tell people about the, the moments that you got to be in the room with me. Yep, with Father. 
uh, with Father Jimmy. If you want more information about Chris as well as this episode, it's paradoxpodcast.com. Click on the episode tab and then find the, the post regarding this episode. If you want to follow the show as well as us two individually on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, go to our website there as well. We hope you have a good rest Absolutely. of your day. Absolutely. Get the book. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. And wrote down crying. And I had no idea why I was crying. I thought, well, maybe I'm just kind of burnt out and stressed. I don't know what's going on. And as I told my friend about it, she said, Allie, you're so bound up by fear these days. Like, that's exactly why you broke down in the car.